Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Oh, well, welcome, welcome. We're in the series uh, on relationships. So somebody around you has a name tag, and I hope you greet them by name today, uh, even if it's somebody you rode here with. Maybe you don't use their name enough. So, uh, but thanks for joining us today. I wonder who it is in your life uh, who has the most keys. You know, I know that, that keys are kind of a thing of the past now. We have so much that's digital, accessible to us. But I was thinking about keys this week, and I was thinking about my dad. I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and my dad, uh, he's a pastor now, but, but even as, as a child, before he was a pastor, he was in ministry, so he was on staff at a church, and he was kind of in charge of the facility. And I grew up at a pretty large church, kind of similar size building, uh, campus to this, and so my dad had a lot of keys. He had a lot of keys. In fact, I could hear him coming, walking down the hall, because I could hear his, he'd, he'd wear his keys kind of on his keychain. I could hear him long before I could ever see him, because I knew his keys we're on the way. Uh, the truth is, having the right keys is important, right? My dad was probably the only one that had all the keys. But having the right keys is important. Just, just ask somebody who's ever been locked out of their house, right? Or they lock their keys in the car, right? Having the right keys is important. In fact, it's a long story, but I could tell a story about how one time with the help of four assistants, which are my kids, I, I, I locked my keys in a vehicle that was still running. So all of us have stories, right, of how and when the right keys were important. Well, today I want to talk to you about having the right keys, the, the right keys, not house keys, not car keys, but relationship keys. We're, we're in a series, we're in a month-long focus on relationships, and today I want to talk to you about relationship keys and really, I want to talk to you about one. Keys are important, but I want to talk to you about one key. One key in your relationships. It's not the only key. I'm not even ready to say that it's the most important, although I think it's one of the most important. But today, I want to talk to you about a key that matters in your relationships. Here's some truth that I want to lay for us today. First of all, relationships matter. You may love relationships. You may be a people person. You may be here today and you love floating around and hugging and touching, high-fiving. Or you may like go to your seat and just sit, you know, you're, you're not a, a relationship, a people person. But the truth is for all of us, relationships matter. In fact, you really could say relationships are everything. They're everything. The people in your life, the relationships you have with, with your kids, your coworkers, your roommate, your friend, your enemy, your spouse. You like how I mentioned enemy and spouse so close together. A little bit of a joke there for you, right? right. Relationships matter. Tough crowd today. Tough crowd. Loosen up. It's okay. But relationships matter. We were made for relationships. We were created to be in relationships. Something in your soul clicks. Maybe you don't even realize it. Maybe you can't even articulate it, but something in your soul clicks when faced with a relationship, even sometimes with a total stranger. I saw this story, and it really fascinated me. Take a look. 
45-year-old Richard Rinaldi is looking for someone. Two someones, actually. Two total strangers who were meant to be together. This is Dominic, right? If only for a moment. Okay, so you guys are going to be a couple. They're not exactly sure what they've just signed up for. Actually... And people are a little nervous at first. Okay. I just need you a little closer, like... Okay, good. Richard is a New York photographer working on a series of portraits. Okay, good. For each shot, he grabs strangers off the street, like Jenny Wood, an airline employee from Virginia, and Dominic Tucker, a college student from Brooklyn, and poses them okay. like adoring family. Um, beautiful. One, two, and three. Richard calls the project Touching Strangers. He started shooting it six years ago and now has hundreds of portraits of these unlikely intimates. Some of the photos... You'd never know they'd never met, while others capture quite well the inherent awkwardness of cuddling some random dude. Hey, nice to meet you. Even when the subjects seem eager, their body language often concedes a certain hesitance, at least at first. Oh, cool. Ten minutes later, though, it's like Thanksgiving at Aunt Margaret's, and that's the really weird thing. Oh, that's great. Yes, Richard puts the people in these poses, but the sentiment that seems to shine through is real. At least, so say the subjects. Okay. It was sort of awkward, but then sort of not. You guys did so good. We are probably missing so much about the people all around us. This is Reiko. At first, Brian Sneedon, a poetry teacher, okay. saw no rhyme or reason for posing with 95-year-old retired fashion designer Reiko Ernie. Can you just come in like a little more? Yeah, okay. But eventually, he too felt a change. I felt like I cared for her cared for her. Yeah, I felt like it brought down a lot of barriers. Pretty much everyone it was a good feeling. shared that same sentiment. <laughs> it was nice to feel that comfort. Everyone seems to have come away with kind of a good feeling. It's kind of lovely. It's lovely. Most photographers capture life as it is. But in these strangers, Richard Rinaldi has captured something much more ethereal and elusive. He shows us humanity as it could be as most of us wish it would be, and as it was, at least for this one fleeting moment in time. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in New York. When I first saw that, there's something kind of uncomfortable about it, right? These strangers connecting, but then there's also something so beautiful about it. Because what that really reveals is this truth that we were drawn to relationship. We're made for connection, and maybe in a world where, where sometimes many of us are pushing relationships away, there's something within us, the way we were created, that longs to be connected in life-giving, healthy, God-honoring relationships. So the truth is, right, relationships matter, but here's another truth. Relationships are hard, really hard. Dealing with people in your life. You're not difficult, right? right? It's just the other people in your life. We can just set that straight today. You're not the difficult one. It's, it's everyone else. And you're having relationships with all of them that makes it so hard. And in the year 2023, I think relationships are harder. People feel overwhelmed or anxious or uncertain. People are divided. People are angry. People feel isolated. And around us, there seems to be fewer and fewer examples of healthy relationships at least in my life, in case you were tempted to tune me out and think about why, why in the world are we spending a whole month talking about this? Well, think about how important relationships were to Jesus. 
when he was asked, when he was given the opportunity to articulate what is the most important thing of all of the law and prophets, what's the most important command? He was only asked for one. And you may, you may be familiar enough to know, we've said it often, what, what does Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And he could have stopped there, but he didn't. They asked him for one and he gave two. And love your neighbor as yourself. See, that should tell you, that should tell us how much relationships matter to our Heavenly Father. It's the heart of God. Your relationships matter. And here's the good news. Relationships matter. Relationships are hard. But God's word actually has keys for us. It actually has help for us in our relationships. And you don't have to show them hands, but, but I, we need help. We need help in our relationships. And God's word has incredible truths for us. That's what we're after. We're not after self-help. We're after God's help in our relationships. And so today we begin with the first key, the first key to relationships. I'm going to have it on the screen behind me, selflessness, selflessness, that, that if you're serious today about all of your relationships, about helping them grow, about helping, helping your, your relationships to be more God-honoring, and, and you want to see growth in you and in the people around you, Maybe you've been hurt by somebody or a lot of people in your life, and today you desire to have healthier relationships. I'm going to invite you to start right here, this idea of selflessness. Let's start with Jesus, because he points us here. He points us right here, time and time again. In John chapter 13, Jesus says these words, and they're words that might be familiar to you, but consider as if you were hearing them for the first time. A new command I give you, he says in John 13. Love one another. Those three words, those three words are groundbreaking. Jesus says, I command that you love one another. He goes on to say, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How will people know? How will people know that we belong to him if you love one another? That's what Jesus says. If you want to test the quality of your love for Jesus, you say that you love Jesus today, well, well how is the quality of your love for others? Because that's what Jesus said. That, that's how they'll know that they love me. The depth of their love for one another. Love one another as I have. How, how has Jesus loved? We'll turn to John chapter 15, just a couple uh, pages over, a couple chapters over. Jesus says this, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command, he uses that word again, command, right? My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Love as he loved. How has he loved? Laying down his life. That's the epitome of selflessness, right? To lay down oneself in humility. Quite literally, we get to read, right? We're reading these words on the other side of history. So we know... Jesus literally laid down his life, right? 
when he gave up his life on the cross. He died for the sins of all, all humanity. We know that Jesus literally laid down his life. So what's the standard of our love? What's the standard? What's the expectation of how we should love one another? It's Jesus' standard. Anything short of Jesus' standard is not a biblical standard of love. I'm going to say that again because it's really, really important. Anything short of Jesus' standard is not a biblical standard of love. Love as I have loved you. That's what Jesus said. That's what he commanded, commanded us to do. Consider the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul uh, changed the, the trajectory of human history by the impact, the message, the gospel of Jesus had on his life and so many others. Uh, you, you might be familiar with these words. They're well known from Philippians 2. But consider the Apostle Paul and how he's impacted by the selfless love of Jesus. This is what he says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. If you want to highlight a verse, your first key in relationships, highlight Philippians 2, 4. It, it can be a guideline, a, a, a guide to help you, a lifeline to help you in your relationships, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with each other, Paul says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What was Jesus' mindset? He tells us, who, being in the very nature of God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself became obedient to death, even death on a cross. There's a lot in there, right? But the, the, the presence of humility, the presence of being a servant, th these, these are the words, these are, these are the characteristics of the selfless love of Jesus. And this is the key for us in our relationships. I, I want to tell you just kind of unpack a little bit more about what this idea means. And I really have two things I want to share with you today. And they're a little bit blunt and they're a little bit straightforward, but I believe these can help us because they're helping me. Number one is this. I want you to know that the selfless love we're talking about today, it means four words. It's not about you. It's not about you. I love you. I, you are great. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not bashing you. I'm not downing you. But I'm just telling you the kind of love that Jesus calls his disciples, his followers, his people to is a love that's not focused on me, 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 me. Here's the challenge. We tend to want what we want. That's true. It's okay to turn to your neighbor and say, that's true. We want what we want. <laughs> we want what we want. That's, that's how most of us live. Not in a mean way, not in a crass way, but we kind of just live our lives and we want what we want. Some of you are nodding. Thank you for nodding and being honest. There's a few honest people in the room. That's great. We tend to want what we want, and we actually expect that others would care about that too. Our needs. We are inherently selfish. It's okay to admit that. We all are. We, we tend to lean towards 
the sins of selfishness and pride on our own without the help of the Holy Spirit. It does, it tends to harm our ability to love others well. For me, for me, what does this idea of laying down your life means? For me, it's a daily reminder, a daily reminder. It's not about me. Why don't you, this, this could be dangerous, but I think this could be fun. Turn to your neighbor and just smile and say, it's not about you. Nobody's going to get hurt, I promise. Some of you are silent. It's okay. You can tell it to a total stranger. It might feel more fun. Uh, it might be a little easier than your spouse or, or your family or your sibling. But it's true. It's true. It's not. It's not really about you. It's not. Now, I say that all to say this. And, and what I'm about to say, I, I hope you hear everything I'm saying. But if you don't hear anything else I'm saying, I want every person in the room, every person watching online, I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. Because anytime you talk about relationships, I want to acknowledge that there's a lot of unhealthy relationships present in our lives. And there's some relationships in our past that have been really hurtful. So this message today on selflessness, this, this message on the key of selfless love is not, is not calling us all to be doormats. This is not allowing someone to abuse or hurt us. And I, I want to be really clear on this today because it's so important. It's so important that you hear what I'm not saying today. I'm not saying that the selfless love of Jesus allows us to continue to be in an unhealthy relationship where someone's hurting us or harming us. That is not, that is not what the selfless love of Jesus is about. I'm really grateful for the important work of counselors and mental health professionals that help us walk through a healing from unhealthy relationships. In fact, Celebrate Recovery, which meets each and every uh, Monday night. One of, the, one of the main ministry goals that they have is to help people that are, that are dealing with codependent relationships, unhealthy relationships, walk in wholeness and freedom. So I, I want you to hear today what I'm not saying. And so if that's you, and you've been the victim of really hurtful, painful abuse in relationships, don't allow the word of God to, to twist into something that it does not mean in your life. But here, with that in mind, I want everybody to understand what I'm saying, okay? With that in mind, this is the vision that I want you to have. I want you to imagine a world. <laughs> I want you to imagine in your world what a relationship would look like if both people cared more about the needs of the other than their own. That's what we're talking about today. Where both people are so, they're so in love with Jesus and his selfless love in their life that they care more about the other person's needs than their own. When both people are committed to that, that's the kind of relationship. That's the selfless love of Jesus that we're talking about. That's the nature of God. Look at what it says, Philippians 2, 3. In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And remember today, I'm talking about all relationships. I'm talking about your friends and your relatives and your coworkers and your neighbors, the people you like and the people you don't. So first, I want you to know, it's important to know, selfless love means it's not, it's not about you. And if you're living your life and making every single relationship about you, me, 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 there's going to be a lot of pain and a lot of disappointment along the way. Number two, I want you to know that the selfless love of Jesus means sacrifice, which means 
Selfless love takes courage. Because the kind of love we're talking about today will take sacrifice. It's not always convenient. It's not easy. That's why a lot of people don't do it. <laughs> if it was easy, everyone would do it. But, but it's, it's hard. It's hard. That's why the kind of love that I'm talking about today takes courage. Real courage. Godly relationships aren't easy. It's really why we see less and less examples in our world today. Even within the church, right? All of us today, we, if we're honest, not all of our relationships reflect God's perfect design. Why? It's hard. It's hard to love like this. It's hard to put others' needs before our own. It's hard. We have to ask the Lord's help to, to purify us. It's why these relationships are hard. I was thinking of the story it's not a well-known story, but I, I, I was thinking a couple years ago, I, I heard this story. Uh, the boy's name was Damari Jackson, and Damari was a recently graduated high school student and, and beginning his college career, and he and his girlfriend were uh, on a walk in their neighborhood, Jacksonville, Florida, just a normal neighborhood, minding their own business, and an altercation broke out across the street that began to escalate, and as they began to try to move themselves out of the situation, a very dangerous situation developed where Damari had to put himself between his girlfriend and the trouble at hand, and ultimately it cost him his life. He lost his life through a gunshot wound that night. He literally laid down his life to, to keep his girlfriend from harm's danger. What an incredible act of courage. And you may say, wow, well, well, my relationships won't take courage like that. Maybe not. But love is not the same in all our relationships, is it? You don't love your spouse the same way you love your children. You don't love your coworkers the same way you love your in-laws. You, you should love your in-laws, by the way. It's good. We love nonetheless, right? Courage will not look the same in every relationship, but I promise you, the godly relationships, life-giving relationships, the truth of God's word will lead us towards those relationships. It will always take courage. It will look different, but it will always take courage. So the question, church, family, today, will you have the courage? Will you have the courage in your relationships? Can I be, can I be really honest with you today? I want to talk to you about the why. Believe it or not, when we decide kind of what we're going to focus on, and uh, one cool thing happening today across all our campuses, we're, we're talking about relationships. So, so Pastor Jared and Pastor Sam and myself, as we got together and we prayed about kind of a focus in this month, we didn't just kind of throw a dart at the board. What have we not talked about? Relationships. That'll make some people uncomfortable. Let's do that. It's not, it's not at all the rhyme or reason. So I want to talk to you about the why. Why would we spend an entire month talking about this? And maybe the introverts in the room are like, yeah, please tell me. Well, I, I want to be clear today that I, I believe the relationships in your life, the relationships in my life, the relationships all around us today right now are under attack. I believe that. Just as there is a God who, who loves you and created you and Jesus came to give you life to the full, there, there's an enemy of your soul and he, he wants to destroy you. And, and he wants to destroy any and every life-giving relationship in your life. It's, so it's okay to acknowledge today that not, not just that relationships are hard, relationships all around us are under attack. It's 
Some of, some of you feel under attack. You don't have to tell me that. Because I, I, just in the last 30 days, I took a few notes, okay? Just in the last 30 days, I've spoken to people who feel like their relationships are under attack. I spoke to a mom whose daughter wants nothing to do with her. A father who's struggling to know how to show love and care for his kids, how to be a father. He never had a father. I, I spoke with a friend who's struggling to have real and meaningful relationships as a 24-year-old adult. What does that look like? To honor God and my friendships and my relationships as a single adult. I spoke with a husband and wife who know they need healing, but they don't know how. People, listen, listen, today, right now, in 2023, people are quitting relationships at an unprecedented rate. They're quitting friendships. They're quitting family. They're quitting marriages. And so if you want to know why we chose to spend a month talking about relationships, this matters. And if you don't think it matters to you, look around. It matters to somebody around you today. Because relationships in our lives are under attack. And look, if you're not awake, if you're not aware, I just want to lovingly as your pastor to say, wake up. This matters. You know what's easy to do? It's easy to start playing uh, the blame game when we talk about relationships, isn't it? It's really easy to focus on blame. When we're thinking about the relationships in our life that might be hurting, it's really easy today to say, well, that's their fault. Or, you know, it's just the culture today, or it's the political climate, or it's generational. Those young people, those old people, they don't, right? It's really easy to blame, but this is not about blame. That's why it takes courage. It doesn't take courage to blame in our relationships. That doesn't take courage. It doesn't take courage to hurt the person that hurt you. That doesn't take courage. It takes courage to live out the selfless love of Jesus. To love, to put their needs above your own, not just to make every relationship in your life about me and me and me. That takes courage. It takes courage not to blame, but to believe the best and pursue relationship. It takes courage to love and continue to love and be faithful when someone has hurt you. This series, I'm calling each and every one of us to look in the mirror and ask, Lord, what can I do? That's what takes courage, right? Not what they, look, you've been hurt. It's painful and it's hard. And you may have every justifiable reason to give up on the relationships in your life. But today, would you have the courage to say, Lord, what can I do? What can I do? You, you can't escape it today. Really, the model of Jesus, and that's what we're talking about, right? That's the definition of love. It's the, the love of Jesus. The model of Jesus really is the laid down life. We love to talk about our rights. And again, I'm not talking about abusive relationships. I'm not talking about being a doormat. But we love to talk about our rights Think about the rights that Jesus had. He was the son of God. He was at the right hand of the father. He had it all, all the power and all the authority. And what did he do? He laid it down to love you and to love me. What does that look like in your relationships? That you would care so much about the needs of others. You would put their needs before your own. Both people in the relationship pursuing that kind of of a God-ordained design. 
who, being in the very nature of God, Philippians 2 says, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, Jesus made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant, being found in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You can't escape it. The model of Jesus is the laid down life. That's what selfless love looks like. And that is the love that will transform your relationships. That is the key. That is the key that will help bring healing and wholeness and redemption to the relationships in your life. The good relationships, the hard relationships, the people that are easy to like, the people that are not. It's the selfless love of Jesus. I'm going to invite you uh, right now, would you bow your heads with me today because I want to pray for you. In just a minute, I want to give you an opportunity to respond, but, but let's do something together collectively. Can we pause our thoughts and feelings and emotions and agenda and plan for the rest of the day before we start running all the different directions? And can we just pause all that for a minute? Because today I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for the relationships in your life because I don't know what they are. But I believe today with all my heart that they matter. They matter to you. They matter to your heavenly father. And I want to pray right now. If you are hurting because of relationships. If you're feeling broken. Because of some distance in a relationship. If you came in here distressed. I want to pray that you'll be able to leave. Pursuing. God-honoring, healthy relationships, pursuing what does it mean for me to live out the selfless love of Jesus in the relationships around me. Lord, right now, I, I pray. I just felt led to, to stop and pray because I, I see it in our eyes today. There's real hurt here. There's real need here today. And it's help that you want to provide for us, Lord. Forgive us when we make relationships all about me, 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 me. Forgive us, Lord, for the ways that we've caused hurt. And Lord, some of us need to leave the room today and we need to ask forgiveness from others for the hurt we've caused them. But Lord, teach us to love. Teach us to love the people in our lives. Teach us, Lord, to model the selfless love of Jesus. Teach us to care so deeply for the ones in our lives that we're willing to put their needs before our own. Lord, we can't do that on our own, so we ask that you would teach us and guide us and show us daily that you could bring healing and wholeness and redemption to the relationships in our lives, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. And I don't even know who I'm praying for today, but I'm confident somebody in the sound of my voice needs this prayer today. Bring them hope. May they see hope today in their relationships because of you. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.